what's going on? It's the Bober and Hanley Pro Football Podcast with the pro Chris Bober, myself, Nick Hanley. And as we get into week 13, uh, no Thursday night football game. So we're coming to you on a Friday with uh, with zero games played uh, to kick off week 13 because we had games all the way up until Wednesday. In fact, Chris, how 2020 was it that we had a Wednesday matinee game on a non-holiday uh, and the reason for that game being played at the time it was because NBC had to have the Rockefeller tree lighting ceremony. I mean, this is this is talk about adjusting and, and pivoting uh, as far as your schedule in 2020. Well, we, we talked about this when the season was opening is that we're going to have games. It's going to be kind of a free for all. And one thing I, I, I feared and it really came true was that a whole position group is going to be basically out of the game. Right. You know, you got the Broncos quarterbacks who decided to just forego the mm. protocols of wearing masks all got fined because of it. Uh, Push that game to to a game that, you know, it's not worth really going into what happened, but it was like a high school. It was like watching Elkhorn versus Waverly. Right. <laughs> they were just running around and running into each other out there. Not a whole lot of explosiveness because the quarterbacks weren't starting quarterbacks. Um, you had the Pittsburgh game versus Baltimore, which got moved to Wednesday and, you know, Pittsburgh didn't play very well at all. Baltimore was, they were kind of mad that they got kind of the shaft uh, being pushed back, moved three, three, their game got moved three times in six days. And now their whole schedule's messed up. And, yeah. it, you know, this coming week, we have two Monday night games and a Tuesday game. So um, one thing, the, the, the thing I'm taking away from this is that the NFL will do whatever it takes to, to get games. Yeah. And, and they're not worried about competition. Um, they're worried about money and they're a business, man. If you can put a game on, they're not going to do it. They're, they're really, really trying not to do a week 18. I think they want the playoffs to go off in the format that they want. Cause it's, that's, it'll cost them money to not do it that way. So um, I think we're going to, this is not the first time this has happened. It's not going to be the last time it's happened. And it's, it's going to be, we might have games every day of the week mm-hmm. all the way through December, just trying to finish the season. Yeah, so so far we haven't had a Friday game. That's the only day because we'll eventually have Saturday games as we get later on into this. Well, we're actually this I month. I played in a Friday game. I played one one in two thousand four, uh, five, four or five. Um, I played Miami in a Friday night game because a hurricane was coming. So okay. we got word on Thursday. We flew down there. We played them. We beat them, and we came back home and had the weekend off. That's the only thing this one's missing. Twenty twenty is just missing the Friday. Then we'll have every day of the week covered. So. Yep. Yep. Here's crossing our fingers. Now, I notice you are uh, you're cleanly shaved. Uh, of course, Chris is a, a participant in not only uh, mustache for kids during May, but also no shave November. Uh, we did have an exclusive NFL club, the No Win November Club, hmm. where three teams went winless in Probably November. The Bears. Bears. The Bears were one of them, and then the Jets. Jets have a one. Jets and the Jaguars. So there's your no win November teams. Congratulations to those teams uh, on playing really awful in November. And, you know, it's funny. You look at the Chicago Bears compared to those other two teams, and the Bears at one point were five and one. And oh, we, now, we now, the they, now they look like they're about to blow the whole front office up and, and start restructuring everything because it is just a mess over there. But the Jets and the Jaguars, they they understand what they're playing for. They're playing for their franchise quarterback in the 2021 draft. So it, a lot of different situations for those three teams right now. And how, how, how ironic is it that the Bears who need a quarterback now will not be yeah. in a position to get one of those two quarterbacks? Yeah, because they won uh, five games. 
Bears actually probably will do better with Trubisky in there because he was undefeated up until last week. Oh, but gosh. none of them look good, so they don't they don't deserve too much of our time. Uh, looking at hey, look, let's look at our best bets from last week before we get a couple of headlines in there. Um, Houston, I picked them. They blew out um, Detroit, and of course, Patricia and them got fired. Another reason why you should not hire a guy who cannot talk in front of a microphone um, or team or, you know, the head coach is such a hard guy to find, but just because you're a great coordinator will not make you even a good head coach. Uh, the eye test passed it for me. Um, the, the worst part about it is um, Will Fuller, it was on the fantasy team that I was playing against, goes off, then gets suspended, right? And I think I should challenge that, those points, because he was he was enhanced with some PED um, things, but you know, Houston is a hot, was a hot team, but now, now we're going to talk about them coming up, but you know, losing Will Fuller, Kenny Stills got released. Um, but the eye test said that Houston was better. And then of course, Tennessee came out with a huge game against um, what turned out to be a pretty depleted defense against Indianapolis DeForest Buckner going out, hurt them a lot. He plays that three technique and they're a gap penetrating team. And he, he without him there, they weren't nearly as effective. Um, but their Tennessee's in a fascinating game coming up this week. I know you took Miami. Uh, Miami came through. I don't remember who your other pick was, but um, yeah, I'm, I'm trying. I'm, it's it's been. A, it, it feels like that week has been like like a month. So I'm I'm trying to even figure out what it was. That's I, called new dad brain. You don't. Yeah. It's it's kind of like CTE for dads, <laughs> right? It happens when um, when you have a young young one at home and, and sleep deprivation. That's why they tortured guys with sleep deprivation. It's the same thing as having yeah. kids. It's I, that part of it. I, yeah, I know I took the, the Dolphins to bounce back and they did. So I cannot remember for the life of me who I took for my under. So, uh, you know, what, what can you do right there? But uh, yeah, there was, uh, you know, as far as some of the, you mentioned the, the uh, coaching change for the Detroit Lions. Uh, not only did they fire Matt Patricia, but also Bob Quinn, their general manager. So you can add them to the lineup on who's going to be looking for a new coach, who's going to be looking for new general managers. We know Jacksonville is going to be looking for a new general general manager as well. Uh, there, there's some jobs that are already open. And then there, I think there's some jobs that we could already start to anticipate that will be open. Um, I, and I, I'm not kidding when I think the Chicago Bears are probably heading down that road where I feel like Ryan Pace, the general manager, is probably uh, going to be enjoying his last month as a general manager for the Chicago Bears. So you've got I think some really intriguing positions open. The Houston Texans uh, general manager and head coaching spots open, which I think I would say, Chris, is probably the most, um, I would say, appealing to the the marquee general managers out there because unlike the teams that are going into the offseason looking for a general manager and or a coach, uh, the Houston Texans are at least the one that have their franchise quarterback, and they have them paid, too. They already have them under contract, so – that's something that you go in probably feeling pretty darn good about. And I think a lot of people are still going to continue to kind of focus on some of the, the bigger names when it comes to the offseason and the coaching hires. And I think Eric Bieniemy sort of heads up that list. So, you know, the general manager names are going to be really interesting too. But I would say for me right now, knowing what is open and what probably will be open, I still think the Houston Texans, at least for me, looks like the most appealing out of all of those jobs that we know about. Yeah, and there's going to be a few open. We also get throw the Jets in there, which we know that they're just keeping mm-hmm. Gates on to lose games to get their best quarterback. Yeah. Um, so um, Detroit, I think their their GM gets fired because he's the one that fired Caldwell after mm-hmm. two nine and seven seasons and bringing Patricia, who who just was a train wreck. Um, 
you know, Houston is is a great place, especially with Deshaun Watson. Um, you can really build an offense. I think uh, an Eric Bieniemy is a great fit down there to to take Andy Reid's system uh, to another similar type quarterback. Jacksonville is also a pretty good um, landing spot too, because think about all the all the they kind of tanked last year and they got all these draft picks now. Yeah. So they have the opportunity maybe to go out and get some really, really key pieces. They have like, I think six of the top, like 42 picks next year. So it's going to be a good class. The only thing that scares me about Houston is, is Bill O'Brien did trade away some draft picks, right? So I don't think they have a first round or second round pick this year. So that's going to be tough on them. Um, they do probably have more holes to plug than they do um, draft picks. So they're probably going to have to get a little creative and free agency. Uh, maybe I have to wholesale some some parts out there. But and then again, the Jets, right? The Jets are going to have a new coach. Probably I don't know about the GM situation, but, um, you know, going to that uh, hot market out there uh, with without a quarterback, you know, Sam Darnold probably isn't the answer. There's a lot of turmoil, but, um, you know, I guess we shouldn't we, we have plenty we have the whole offseason to talk about that. But I yeah. will say uh, weird little trend that we're kind of getting here. I don't remember a time when this many coaches were fired this early. And I don't know if it's um, that these teams are worse than we've expected or if that's just the new model to try to get a head start on finding the next coach. Um, kind of makes me wonder why these guys were fired before. I mean, almost all these guys really were on the hot seat going into the season. Yeah. And it seems like just they gave them like a, a month or two and said, okay, if you're not turned around, we're going a different direction. We'll see how this works out. But I think that's going to be the new trend, just just so they can get a head start on their, their coaching and, and moving in, in a new direction. Yeah, the, the GM that I would be keeping my eye on, especially with Eric Bieniemy, maybe being attached with him because of their time in Kansas City would be John Dorsey. Uh, with the experience that he has Kansas City and then Cleveland, didn't work out all that well with Cleveland, but it wasn't because he made some bad draft decisions. So we'll, we'll see. I, I could see John Dorsey being one of the, the top names on that, those lists. But as, as you mentioned, you know, we're three weeks away from the official, the, the, the Black Monday where – Coaches get their pink slips, general managers get their pink slips, and organizations are looking to sort of restructure this. Because, Chris, you know this better than I do. When it does come to the NFL compared to Major League Baseball, the NBA, uh, the NHL, the NFL, you can go from worst to first in the blink of an eye. I mean, the NFL, the great thing about the NFL is if you're a fan base and you're watching your team go, you know, two years straight without, you know, getting out of the the cellar of the division – just give it some time. As long as you have the right people in place, and as we all learned, and trust me, as a Chicago Bear fan, I know, if you can figure out quarterback and you have the right people in place, you can turn that thing around just like that. So that, to me, is always the exciting thing when there are coaching changes and general manager changes. You always hate to see people lose their jobs, but when those things go on as a fan base, I think that always can be an exciting thing, just like the draft night, because you could be well on your way to sort of climbing out of the cellar a lot quicker than you see in other professional sports. Yeah, and I, I would, as head coaches go, I would say, in general, we're managers, the teams that do the best are the ones you have the ownership groups that are the most invested in, in winning, yes, right? Absolutely. So if you look at Houston's done a good job at that, I think. Um, Jacksonville, their new owner, Con down there, has been very involved. I'd be a little more hesitant about Detroit, right? You got the Ford mm-hmm. family. They kind of have a little ownership issues. Same thing with the Jets, right? Um, you know, so that that's where you're, the, the best teams have the best structure and management. And then that goes all the way to the ownership too. Yeah. Well, looking at the games this week, um, as we get into week 13, it's a full Sunday slate. And then as Chris mentioned, we've got Monday and Tuesday games, which has been kind of the norm here in 2020. Um, uh, Do we need to start with, I mean, the Lions play the Bears. Cool. 
All right, so uh, the, the Bears are actually a favorite. So I will say this from a betting standpoint, I'd stay away from the Bears because when they are the favorite, they do not cover. They are well below 500. So if you are looking, if you have to bet this game, which I would not recommend, I would actually bet on the Lions and not the Bears because the Bears are terrible at covering. Oh, I would absolutely bet on the Lions because um, of a trend that's been going on, and it's, it's kind of been undefeated recently, is that every time you fire your coach and next week you come back with a win. It's happened every time this year. So um, that's a pretty good metric to look at. And give, getting three points, especially if, if you can get more than three points, um, I think Detroit's a way better bet just because of the, the bounce back factor. Yeah. They, the Bears cover is an underdog a lot, but as a favorite, they do not at all. Uh, Falcon Saints, holy cow. What was that that we watched last week? Remember, I, I kept talking about, boy, I want to buy into the Raiders, but they always give you a week where it's just hard to to fully trust them and boy that was the case last week they got smoked by the falcons and all of a sudden chris we're seeing that this falcons team since they made their coaching change their defense has improved we already knew their offense would be okay with matt ryan julio jones has been in and out of the lineup but when he's playing they're very good they didn't have julio jones play last week and they put a hurting on the las vegas raiders so if you would have told me this matchup two weeks ago was uh you know new orleans Three, and a, three points, I would have said, what the heck? What's going on there? New Orleans must be completely banged up, which they still kind of are, obviously, quarterback position. But I think this is also indicative of how Atlanta is playing lately. This has been something to kind of be keeping your eye on as far as what the Falcons are up to these days. Absolutely. And, and Vegas did the exact same thing last year in Week 12 versus the Jets. They go out there and lay an egg. It's just in their DNA. But on the Atlanta side, I hope Raheem Morris gets a chance to coach this team. I do too. He is a classic leader, right? And everyone wants to put people in boxes saying he's a defensive coach, an offensive coach. It doesn't matter. You can hire defensive and offensive coaches. Get a guy who's a leader who guys will follow. And he's that guy. Mm -hmm. And the hardest part about this, this is he has a little bit of age on his quarterback. Um, but the, the Atlanta's a good young team. They're healthy. They're playing good with that. I mean, Julio Jones is the one guy you probably want back, right? With him. I think they're a lock to, to, to come in and have a great game. The only thing that I would not say about this game, I think Atlanta's probably on the better side because Taysom Hill's a guy who I just don't trust as quarterback, right? Now, as, as a changeup, yeah. But I think that now that there's been film on him of what they can do, I think Atlanta can come up with a great plan and force him to try to beat you throwing the ball. Um, they did, it, they're off, right? Even Alvin Kamara, who's on my fantasy team, has yeah. been laying eggs the last couple of weeks because Taysom Hill's in there. It's just not the same usage. He did, he doesn't check it down. It's either he gets the pass off or he runs it. Mm -hmm. And I don't trust New Orleans. I don't think I'd, I'd lay a bet on either of these teams, but New Orleans, in my mind, is a little bit of a wait and see. I think they're just trying to survive until Drew Brees, Brees can come back. Yeah, I, I think the Falcons are, are very much looking forward to this matchup. Look, the Falcons, though, no, they're, they're not going anywhere. They're not going to be in the playoffs. But I, I think they just like the way of foot, the, the kind of football that they're playing right now. I think they're an energized team. And to that example that you brought up earlier about, you know, teams being able to bounce back after their coach gets fired. I mean, we've seen Atlanta, even when they've lost, we've seen them look very competitive. And we've seen them actually believe in the second half and that lead that they had against Vegas, that was too big for them to blow anyway. But I mean, it's, there's a lot of, a lot of things to watch with the Falcons right now. And I'm with you as far as their coaching situation too. I, I think you've got to give him a big look here in the off season, just based on the way this team is playing. 
I, th I think it, there's there's something that's kind of positive going on in, there in Atlanta, and I think they're going to be really ready for this football game. And if Todd Gurley doesn't score a touchdown and falls down at the one, Raheem Morris, I think, is undefeated. So yeah. um, I really yeah. hope he gets a shot down there. Uh, a game that should be pretty good, Browns-Titans. Uh, the Browns are – I mean, look, the Browns right now are a playoff team, at eight and three. Now, their record as of late, they haven't maybe played the most inspiring football, but look, you get wins – any given weekend in the NFL, you're not going to apologize about it. The Titans have really got things turned around here all of a sudden. I mean, what they did to the Colts last week, I mean, that, that shocked me too. I thought that was going to be a great game back and forth all the way to the very end. And the Titans, Derrick Henry just running all over them. So I, I feel pretty strongly about the Titans in this matchup. I, I, I do like the other running uh, matchup there for the Browns and Nick Chubb. But I, I just feel like the, where the Titans are right now, I feel like they're a little bit more proven than what I still feel the Browns maybe are. are it, it's just going to take the right opponent to maybe kind of expose the Browns for maybe being a little bit lucky the last couple of weeks, if that makes sense. Absolutely. And I, this is a fascinating matchup to me because these two teams really are kind of kind of carbon copies of each other. Right. And they do things a little bit different, but they, their philosophy is still the same with Stefanski and over on the other side with Tennessee Vrabel and his Arthur Smith. They love to run the ball. They, they do a little different because Tennessee features more of the outside zone. Right. Mm -hmm. So they're going to try to stretch the field horizontally and, and find gaps. And Derrick Henry is a classic zone runner, kind of like a, the old Ron Dane of college yeah. football. Right. And does very, very well with that where Cleveland can change it up a little bit more. Right. They have um, Chubb and they have Kareem Hunt. They run a little bit more gap scheme. Now Stefanski comes from a zone kind of background, but they've had a lot of, uh, of gap type schemes where they're going to cut the defense and pull and double team. And they, they mix and match very well. Now, the thing about the, I like, I might actually take Cleveland here in the, as the under not to win, but to cover because the, they're both the, the weakness of these teams both is their defense. Right. And I think Tennessee is a little bit weaker in this situation because they don't stop the run very well. They can't rush the passer. They don't have a pass rusher. And they had Clowney out there, and he did, he's on IR, and he still didn't do anything. Yeah. And if you keep Baker Mayfield clean, he does really well, right? He, he's just one of those guys that if, if he's not getting hit, he is very efficient. Um, they've, they've kind of put him in this box, and he stayed in it. So I think Cleveland, I don't know if they win this game, but I think if you're giving me six points, five and a half, I take Cleveland all day long because I think that they get Miles Garrett back. I think – I think both these teams will run the ball. And I look back to a common opponent that they played. They played the Vikings in week three. The Titans did, right? And the Titans gave up 181 yards to Dalvin Cook. Mm -hmm. I just don't think they're that good at stopping the run. And I don't think Cleveland's great, but I think they're a little bit better at stopping the run. And, and Henry's going to have his day. And A.J. Brown and, and, and Corey are, are probably going to do okay. But I think Cleveland makes this a game, and I don't think that they lose by six points. So I'll, I'll take Cleveland as my underdog uh, this week. I think it's going to be a great matchup. I wish it was on primetime. Um, I wish it was a feature game, but I'd love to sit down and watch this game. Yeah, and there's the uh, another game that's going to be interesting just because we're still trying to learn more about Miami and the, the kind of back and forth between Tua Tagovailoa and Ryan Fitzpatrick for the quarterback position. They're taking on Cincinnati, who obviously lost Joe Burrow, so their quarterback situation is not good right now. But I'm more just kind of curious to see, not this game, but this game in the month of December, how Miami finishes out this month. Because I I've been riding high on Miami. I feel like they've been taking care of business against the teams that they're supposed to. I'm trying to believe that this is a team that if they do get into the playoffs, and they should, that they could possibly hurt somebody. 
I am curious to see how they're going to handle the quarterback position going forward. And I think this is just another, not, not a game that all of a sudden you're, you're really locked in on wondering, you know, how they're going to fare against a, a beat up Bengals team, but more than, more than anything, how do they handle the month of December? That that's what's I think more important about this game is sort of, the Dolphins, are they going to be able to get momentum going into the playoffs? Can they get to the playoffs? Can they, you know, get out of their own way? Because remember, this is an organization that has not had a lot of success. And here you are in that critical month and trying to put yourself in position to play in the postseason. That's what I'm interested about this game. I think I think the Dolphins are an 11, 11 and a half point favorite. So I'm not even kind of worried about this one. I don't know if I'd even want to bet it, to be honest with you. But I'm just more curious on what the Dolphins do this entire month, let alone just this Sunday. Yeah, I mean, this this point spread is way too high for me to even touch. It's just it's so hard to stay away from that. If you ever play, if anyone out there likes playing teasers, Miami's definitely. A, if you can tease them down, maybe six mm-hmm. or seven points and pair them, that might be worth doing. But I, I think you're right. I'm really hoping Fitzpatrick plays. You know, my quarterback in my fantasy team is Lamar Jackson, and they don't know if he's going to play. So I'm like, what the heck am I going to do? Um, I got I might get Trace McSorley, huh? You know, well, so Fitzpatrick, man, I, I, I got him here. And if he can play this game, I think he has a good game against Cincinnati. But what scares me is I think as Brian Flores, you have to play Tua, right? And then you, and I don't know if he's ready this week, but I mean, you got to find out what you have. Mm-hmm. I know that I heard a great analysis that Miami's going to have probably a top five pick this year because of their trade with Houston. And Houston's not doing that well this year. So they might have a chance to grab another quarterback if they don't think Tua's the guy, right? Tua's got some great qualities to him, but he doesn't have a big arm and he gets hurt a lot. So do you want to really attach your train to to Tua and think that that's the guy? But I think that they got to play him to find out. So it should be interesting to see whether or not Tua is the guy this week. I think they're going with Fitzpatrick, but, oh, they're going to kill me if they put Tua in because I need a quarterback to play. Yeah. So I wouldn't touch this game. Um, Cincinnati without Burrow is is a almost not worth not worth talking about. But they're they're tough. I'd, I'd probably take the underdog more here or the under in points. Geez, even at forty three points, that's a lot of points for this game. I can give you a quarterback tip fantasy wise, just because of the particular matchup with the team that I know very well. Playing the Bears. Trubisky is very good against the Lions. Just saying. <laughs> saying he's he's undefeated against the Lions. So you know this is the week he probably will come unglued uh, against that very team too. But uh, just saying, you know, there, there is you know if, if you're into the numbers and the trends, you know Trubisky yeah. is he's on the line. So you know. if you have to start him, though, I feel bad for your fantasy. <laughs> well, I, I'm in for I'm in second place now. I keep on losing now. You know, well, maybe maybe Mitch Maserati Mitch will put you in the first place. I don't nice. know. Nice. Uh, Jaguars Vikings Vikings are a ten point favorite. Uh, Vikings technically are still in the playoff hunt. Uh, very lucky to win that game against Carolina last week, but they did win that game. So, I mean, if you do look at the Vikings just trying to find ways to win and try to, to make December relevant for them, they're doing so. They've got a great opportunity to get to 500 against the Jaguars. Now, do they win by 10? I don't know. Uh, I don't think the Vikings are that good that they should be a 10-point favorite against anybody. Mm-hmm. But does that mean that they won't win by that amount? No, but... It's just a game. It's a classic game for me personally. I don't know about you that I'm just going to stay away from because I don't think the Vikings are that good, but the Jaguars are awful. So it could go one way or the other. Yeah. And I probably lean more towards the underdog with the 10 point spread. Um, interesting that um, Minnesota is going to get Adam Thielen back and that's a yep. huge boost for them. And I don't know if it means they win by 10, but I think that that definitely makes them feel a lot better going into this game, having him back. Who's having, is that a great season? Great, great. Number one receiver for them. And, and, um, I don't know. 
I, I don't know anything about Jacksonville. I don't want to don't want to lay anything on Jacksonville. So again, stay away from this one. Mike Glennon. That's all you need to know. He's coming back, man. He's playing again. Yeah, he wasn't so. terrible last week. The neck wasn't all that bad last week. So no, he's a pro. I mean, he's a pro yeah. backup quarterback. It's just I I think if you put him in a in a good team, he does okay. But he, yeah. he's with Jacksonville, who's doesn't have much. I think DJ Shark's coming back this week, but they don't got a lot going on there. The Raiders Jets, the best recipe for a disastrous performance like the Vegas Raiders had against the Falcons a week ago is playing still, let's call them the worst team in the NFL in the New York Jets. Uh, interesting enough, Adam Gase even kind of admitting that he has failed to develop Sam Darnold. I think Adam Gase, he understands the score. He knows he is he's probably shocked that he's still the head coach for the New York Jets right now. Uh, this is a just a uh, eight and a half point spread favoring Vegas, which I'll, I'll admit kind of surprises me because I, I do think even as bad as the Raiders played last week, I think they're going to be just fine in this matchup. I don't feel now having said that, I don't feel confident to take, oh, you know what? Well, then put your money where your mouth is. I'm not going to take this game, but I, I still do say, you know, thinking like the, the Vikings are a 10 double digit favorite over the Jaguars. I feel like the Raiders are a better team than the Vikings. And I feel like the Jets are maybe slightly worse than the Jaguars. So uh, I would maybe have Vegas more comfortably in a, a double-digit uh, point spread this week than I would the Vikings, but so be it. So maybe if you do look at it that way, there's some value with getting the, the Raiders at eight and a half right now before that thing maybe moves up a bit. Yeah, it's already back bounced up to nine a little bit. It might go even higher. Um, it, it, a lot of money is going out there on Vegas, so they're trying to make it higher to, to hedge their bets there a little bit. I think I think the, the bookmakers are. But let's let's also say that the Jets might be the worst team in the history of football. I mean, honestly, you're looking at teams that go 0-16, which has only been, what, one Lions. or two? Um, the Dolphins did it too, right? Didn't they do that a couple years ago? Listen, the Jets might be worse than all of them. Brown, I mean, Browns and the Lions have done it recently. Browns, yeah. there you go. But seriously, there's it's bad. And – I, I'd, again, I'd stay away from them. I will say, I want to see what the Raiders are. You know, they, they continue to like kind of amaze you when you, when you don't think they're going to do good. You know, they play the chiefs and look like world beaters mm-hmm. and then they can't play good against anyone else. So they beat the saints earlier this year, but they're a very up and down team, which I just can't trust right now. Yeah. I'm with you. Uh, the game that I am really intrigued by, and I almost want to take the under here, but I'm not going to do it is the Houston Texans and the Colts because Houston look when you got a quarterback like Deshaun Watson and you do have some offensive firepower now you mentioned Fuller that that one hurts but it's it's always tempting to kind of look at them and, and see them win a game like this now the Colts have a very good defense but when it came to stopping the run against Tennessee they could not do that I don't know if it's the same type of challenge for their defense this week as it was a week ago. Now, you, you don't have the kind of running back like Derrick Henry, but yet you're going up against a, a much more elusive quarterback in Deshaun Watson. I, I think I am going to lay away from this thing, but just seeing the Colts as a three, three and a half point favorite right now over the Texans. Uh, this is, I mean, this is a huge game for the Colts because if you're going to try to keep up with the Tennessee Titans, you got to have this one, but I feel like Houston is also starting to play with a little bit of confidence too, much like what we talked about Atlanta Falcons when they made their coaching change. So I would not be surprised if Houston pulls this one off, to be honest. Well, what's really amazing to me is that this line hasn't moved, right? So they gave the look ahead bet last week at plus three and a half for Houston and it stayed the same. Um, 
And I think that both these teams have regressed as far as what the market thinks they're worth. Houston, I'm looking at their depth chart. And on at running back, I mean, excuse me, wide receiver, I only see three wide receivers on their like that are in their top three on their depth chart. They got Brandon Cooks, Kiki Kuti, and Isaiah Coulter. Will yeah. Fuller was suspended. Randall Cobb's on IR, and they released um, um, Stills. So yep. I don't know who he's going to throw the ball to, right? They got they don't really have a great running. Duke Johnson is like their stud as a running back, which is like a fantasy guy, but like a third down kind of back. Mm-hmm. I will, if they then will Fuller, Fuller didn't get suspended, I would love to take Houston in this matchup. But I think what happened is Indianapolis has so many injuries that they're also undervalued too. And I, they might get some of those guys back this week. So I think if, if they can get DeForest Buckner, if they can get um, some of their guys back on defense, I think that that helps them out. Um, it looks like their O-line injuries aren't as bad as they thought. So I, I agree. I think I think Indianapolis, as of now, is, is probably a better – I don't like three and a half, but um, I'd, I'd lean more towards Indy winning this game. Team that had been riding really high was the L.A. Rams, and they lose to the San Francisco 49ers a week ago. So now they're in a position to where you look at that game against the Cardinals, and then the Cardinals also having a tough loss against the Patriots. That was vintage Belichick, by the way, taking a, a sort of a gimmicky offense and being able to really squeeze the life out of it. I, I that was shouldn't be surprised with what happened last week in Belichick versus Cliff Kingsbury, but. Both of these teams are desperate for a win. When you you consider what the playoff picture is like right now in that division, the Cardinals and the Rams, and the Rams are a slight two to two and a half point favorite. I think I saw one book. This is up to three for the Rams. I still feel like I I trust the Rams a little bit more than I do the Cardinals right now. But I I think this is this game is going to be. Not only is there a sense of urgency in this game for these teams, but I th- I think this might be one of the best games of the weekend. I totally agree with you. Um, there's a couple of things, trends that are happening here. Sean McVay is 6-0 and against Arizona as a head coach for, for the LA Rams. Um, just has, has their number. And, and they've, they've won by an average of 28 points. They've just annihilated them. Now, he's only faced close Kingsbury twice, but he beat them twice last year and, and just beat the heck out of them, right? Um, the thing that I like as far as the Rams go, and I, I, I think three is about the right number, so I don't think there's a great value in betting here. Yeah. Uh, but I would bet on, on, on L.A. winning this game, mostly because of their defense, right? And they didn't show up last week, but um, they're not going that far now. They're, they're down in Arizona, which is not a big deal. Um, I think there's something wrong with, with Murray. Uh, he did not look very good at all. And it wasn't even Belichick as much, who did scheme him very well. But you watch Murray, he's like running out of bounds backwards. Just and, and, and I think Deshaun, um, DeAndre Hopkins has a little bit of an ankle. Uh, so everything li- lines up for the Rams to just have a better matchup here. They're, they're coming off a bad loss, which should be a bounce back for them. Um, they stopped the run really well. And, and Arizona is not too great at getting pressure. And, and golf without pressure, he's fine. They're going to they're gonna run the ball. They're going to have big dudes in there. Um, you know, I think, I think I might actually look more towards the under on this one if I was thinking about it, just because um, Arizona's not scoring with a lot of efficiency and the Rams are probably going to try to run the ball and score this and, and, and run this out. I think LA, I think the Arizona will do the same thing because, because they don't want to put uh, Murray at too much harm. So it might be a, a fast game that does not even have a chance to get up to 40, you know, I don't know what the line is now, but um, I think LA wins this game, but I think they, I think three is a good number. I think it'll be a close game and, and a very hard fought division game. It's the first time they play, so they don't yeah. have to beat on each other yet but it should be a really good game. 
You ready for my under? Give it to me. My under is, again, I'm going, and I believe I'm 1-0 by taking this team in the under. I'm taking your former New York Giants to cover the very large spread against the Seattle Seahawks. I'm going to tell you why. And I, again, I'm oversimplifying this. This is not Vegas uh, science that I'm putting into this thing. Uh, Seattle is a good team. I still believe that. I still love Russell Wilson, although I think first half Russell Wilson, first half Seahawks are a lot better than second half Russell Wilson, second half uh, Seattle Seahawks. I like second half New York Giants. I mean, yeah, they beat, they barely beat a, a bad Bengals team without Joe Burrow last week, but they're at least figuring out ways to win football games. I, I Again, this is another team that I feel like they're starting to kind of understand, okay, what the, the season is about, what, what the growth that needs to take place is about. And, and Joe Judge is trying to establish that. I like that about the Giants. I'm not trying to suggest that they win, but if you're going to throw 10 and a half points at me and give the Giants that much, look, the the Seahawks barely beat the Eagles last week. And right now, I would take the Eagles to lose to the Giants. I mean, it's already happened. So I do like Seattle to win this game, but I do like the Giants to cover that spread. I think they could beat them by a touchdown. Heck, they could beat them by nine points, and they'll be fine with that but it still gives me a Giants cover. So I'm going to take the Giants plus the 10 and a half against Seattle. Nice. I Here's the deal. I love my Giants, obviously. I got my Giants gear back there. Um, the only thing that scares me about this game is two things. Number one is they go to Seattle. And New York has not done well in Seattle. I don't know why. They, it did a long trip. Um, now, I, I will say that it's, it's probably not going to hurt them as much because the crowd noise isn't a big deal. Mm-hmm. But I also don't know the stats of Daniel Jones. If you give me this line – with Daniel, Daniel Jones on there, I'll put a lot of money on it because the Giants, they, this is exactly what the Giants fans needed to see is to see some improvement, yeah. right? They've had tons of injuries, all kinds of things happen to them and they're playing good football. Imagine what they're going to be when, when they start getting some, hitting on some draft picks and building up their roster. Their future is very bright for, for the Giants, I think. Um, and I like, I'd love to take it. I, I, I wouldn't bet it myself mostly because of, I don't know if we're going to see Colt McCoy in there. And he looks like, I mean, the kid, I'm a wildcat, put wildcat in there. You know what I mean? <laughs> but um, I like it. I love it. Love it. The Giants. I hope they come through for you. I'm going to be rooting for them too. Uh, we got the Eagles Packers and I'm going to go right to my, I'm going to take the, the favorite in this one. Taking them, huh? Yeah, I'm taking Green Bay. Look, I, I still think Philadelphia is just, I mean, they're sloppy, they're messy. I don't know what Carson Wentz is. They're getting healthier, but I just, I, I don't I don't know if this team fully buys into Doug Peterson. I, I see it, something similar in Philadelphia that I do in Chicago when it comes to trusting the head man. Now, Doug Peterson does have a Super Bowl ring he can wave in front of his team to still get their attention. I'm like Matt Nagy in Chicago. But I think there's parallels there with, when they try to explain away things that are going on dysfunctionally with their football team and it it becomes this word salad. And I think it wears very thin on this team. So I'm even getting away from the X's and O's of the the issues that I think are with the Philadelphia Eagles and starting to look at kind of the infrastructure there, starting with Doug Peterson. I know we've discussed this before. I I just don't know if, um, if that light is still on right there with Doug Peterson and this football team. So I think the Packers, they got the, sort of the rude awakening of the Colts a couple of weeks ago, they took it out on on a bad Chicago team last week. And I feel like that kind of put Green Bay right back on track. So I think Aaron Rodgers, who who showed that he can go off at any moment, will have no problem being able to pick apart the, the Eagles defense. And I think the Packers will have no problem with the, the Eagles offense. 
that I will take Green Bay. I'm looking at it right now at an eight and a half point spread. I'm going to take Green Bay uh, laying that. In fact, I'd take them probably as high as nine if I had to right now. Nice. And then the Eagles are dead to me. I, I hate the Eagles anyway. Um, they, they continue to talk about Carson Wentz. And I love, I really like Carson Wentz. I, I like him a lot. I just, I think they're absolutely, they've got him messed up. I don't know why. I don't know why. Um, but they are not, not living up to what they should, should be out there. Um, there's some, some good, we got a couple more good games to get through. New England Chargers. This is a pick them game. Pick them, yeah. You know, so many people, like, like the market's getting scared to pick the Chargers, but I think the Chargers are going to win this game. I mean, New England's got to go to LA. Um, they're not that good, right? I'm watching New England and I don't even know. No, they don't, they don't mess up a lot, honestly. Right. But Cam Newton's a train wreck. I mean, he's like, it's, it doesn't fit at all. They, you know, they, they lost Burkhead, you know, one of their just solid guys. Um, I, I'm not going to put them as my best bet, but I think LA beats New England this week as a pick them. I would take LA. I, I, I think, I think that they beat them by, I mean, they might be in by a touchdown. I mean, honestly, Herbert, I think goes off on these guys. Well, they certainly do. Now does, let me ask you this one though. Does the, the rookie quarterback versus Bill Belichick make you nervous at all? Because I feel like that's where Bill Belichick is at. Yes. Somewhat, but I mean, there's other factors that, that LA has too. You know what I mean? They got really good receivers. Those, they, yeah. they got studs at receiver. They can run, they can get after it on defense a little bit. Um, I just think they're in a better spot. I think New England, I think the, the Belichick myth only works when he has a quarterback that and, and people that know how to execute his style, and he doesn't yeah. have that right now. So I think it's ready to implode. Um, I think Cam Newton was a horrible experiment, totally a wrong fit. And I just think Herbert comes out and just, just doesn't care. He just starts slinging it. And um, they, they, they make some plays, big, big plays in this game, I think. Now you got uh, the Kansas City Chiefs and the Denver Broncos. Uh, Broncos should have their allotment of quarterbacks back. Now I, I do want to say I I applaud the Broncos for trying to attempt to have their uh, was it their systems their offensive systems analyst uh, Cabrisi to to be able to actually suit up and play quarterback last week against. Oh, that's, that's been awesome, right? I've been great. I, I mean the NFL. Come on, it's if there's one year I know they don't want to set a precedent where you can like you can stash away. Yeah talent on you know on the coaching staff but if there was one year to do it give them a covid break right a covid pass right yeah wouldn't this would be a covid exception where it would have been hilarious because it, it would have been much better i mean it, it, other than hinton out there who i felt bad for i mean the guy had played backup quarterback in college and he had to try to run against the, he was a stud but but yeah you I know this fair. game this game's interesting i i would actually take denver here honestly at 14 points you know, you look at the last couple of games, and every time the Chiefs play Denver, something goes horribly wrong for them. And the last two games have been the snow. The last game they played, they beat them up by a lot, but they were Chiefs were plus three in the turnover ratio, and that just isn't always going to happen. I, I think I think a lot. I think fourteen points is is a good bet for Denver, right? Denver Denver plus fourteen. I don't think the Chiefs beat them by that much. I think it's just they might beat them by nine or ten, but I I just don't see them running away with this game. I think Denver's going to play inspired football. I just two touchdowns is too much for me because the Chiefs. You saw last week the Chiefs should have set all NFL records for passing and receiving with with Mahomes and Hill, and they just kind of mm-hmm. took their foot off the gas and coasted. Um, I don't see that changing. I, I just think that this is going to be a better game than people think. Not not a close game, but not yeah. two touchdowns. You know. 
Two Monday night games, we got Washington and the Steelers. Oh, by the way, Kansas City Broncos, that is the NBC Sunday night game. Uh, Monday night game at 4 o'clock Central Time, you got the Washington football team, or the WFT, taking on the Pittsburgh Steelers. Steelers still undefeated. I don't think that they get their first loss against the WFT. But the spread is interesting. This was another one that I was looking at possibly taking the under, and that's not to say I think that – uh, Washington is ascending right now, but I do think that the Steelers with just the weird schedule shakeup, I, I think they kind of like what you saw against the Ravens. I think they play good enough to just win, but I don't know if the, if it's going to look very pretty or there's going to be a lot of style points in this one. So that would be one that I would consider if you're looking at the under, especially if that number from eight goes up to possibly eight and a half to nine. I mean, I could see the Steelers winning by, you know, a touchdown. And, and the only thing we're kind of really looking at here is to see this reminds me of New England back when they were undefeated is like um, you'd wish they just lose. So people would stop talking about them being undefeated, you know, because yeah. now they're getting beat up on by, you know, they lost Dupree to an ACL. Mm -hmm. So their pass rushing has taken a hit. Um, they didn't, they did not play very good against Baltimore and Mike Tomlin's pissed off. So it's almost like for an undefeated team, they don't, it doesn't feel like it. Yeah. So, the only thing really interesting to watch in that one is going to be whether or not they, they get back to form, honestly. Yeah. Uh, Niners, Bills. Niners with a big one against the Rams. Uh, the Bills, I've, I've always liked the Bills sitting there right now at eight and three. That's a pick em game, too. I mean, I would I would lean towards the Bills, but, you know, the Niners, they showed something last week, and then they're still, even with how badly beat up that roster has been, there's still talent there, and those guys are still fighting. They're still playing their tails off for Shanahan. So, I mean, I guess maybe I can kind of understand it. Uh, that game will not be played in San Francisco. It's going to be played in Arizona. But uh, I, I, I still would lean towards the Bills in a pick em situation. Now, here's the deal. I'm going to take Niners here, pick them. I, I love the Niners in this spot. They're getting all their guys back. Now, the, the weakness here is Mullins. But, you mm -hmm. know, they got Moster back. They got you coming back. Um they look really good. I mean, they, they got their full complement of offense back minus Jimmy G and Kittle, honestly. Yeah. So I think Buffalo is is in a tough spot here, having to go across the country. Um, Buffalo has some issues, right? And I think John Brown's going to be out of this game. Without him, they don't have – Stephon Diggs is, is, isn't a deep, deep threat, not a speed guy, more of a possession, like all-around receiver. I think that Buffalo's in a tough spot here to go to, to San Francisco, who's playing really good football. I mean, you, Shanahan, I am so impressed with his coaching. He, what he does, yeah, what, he, what he did last week to the Rams, I think they're going to play good football. They, they yeah. have nothing to lose. They're, you know, I, I, I'm a, they're going to be my pick. My best bet this week is San Francisco as a pick. Em. I mean, I will take them to win this game. I, I don't think, but I think Buffalo will just have a tough time. I think it's a bad matchup for them. I, I th they don't stop the run that well. I think San Francisco just just eats away at them, and I think they they, they eke out this win because Josh Allen at the end, I think it's gonna be tough for him to 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 make hay. You know what I mean? Um, I think it's, his inaccuracy is gonna hurt him against a pretty good defense, and I think it's gonna be a good game. But I think San Francisco pulls this one out. So that's my that's my pick. That's my best bet as a you know they're not favored, but they're picked, right? So I'm taking it. San Francisco. I'll go side. I'll go side bet with you on that one. You mentioned Josh Allen. I'm going to say Josh Allen combines for four touchdowns. Four he touchdowns. Was, he's going to put. He's going to put the, the cape on. He knows that the uh, offense is a little more shorthanded. Oh, gonna, there you go. See, a little Joshy football, a little MVP candidate type stuff. Uh, so it's, it's, yeah, it's that's be, my bold my bold prediction. Josh Allen accounts for four touchdowns. 
it's either going to be four touchdowns or four turnovers. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's a flip of a coin there. Uh, the- I like the, you know, by the way, I like the bills. I like everything about them. I think um, he's doing Sean up there is doing a great job. The head co- what the head coach's name? McDermott. Um, McDermott. I said McDermott. McDermott. I think he's doing great. I think they are positioned well. Um, they just got some growing up to do. Now, if they come out and be San Francisco, they might be this AFC team to, to challenge some of the top guys, but let's see what happens. It should be a, a good game. I want to football. The Tuesday night game to wrap up week 13 will be the Cowboys and the Ravens right now. The Ravens are seven and a half. There's just no way I could even look at this game right now and say, here's how you should look at this from a betting standpoint, because we have no idea what the Ravens are going to be rolling out there, especially a quarterback. I mean, I would assume Lamar Jackson should be cleared. I don't know. Um, would it be RG3? Would it be Trace McSorley? I mean, we saw both of those quarterbacks in the Steelers game. So I, I just, this is a game that I, I don't know where the Ravens are, both physically and mentally, with what they've had to endure over the last week. And the, the Cowboys, they're a team that, you know what, they understand what, the, what their season is now, even though they're technically still alive for the playoffs because you are in the NFC East. I, I just, I don't know if I, I have a strong feel for this game, especially with the uncertainty of what's going on with the Ravens. Oh, man. I just wish they would tell me if Lamar Jackson's playing because I got him as my quarterback on my fantasy team. And if, if I get – that's all the way to Tuesday. I got to pick a guy yeah. to play by Sunday. And, I, and if they don't make the decision until Tuesday, I'll, I, I – uh, I would say like, if you to practice by Saturday, you should feel pretty good. And so you can still um, make that decision. So I would say if he's not back at practice by Saturday, then you got a tough decision to make. I know, I know. I like to see McSorley versus Dalton, see what's going on. Now, Baltimore does have some. Let's just, let's just. Baltimore is a much higher grade of a football team, right? Look at, look at. They shut down the Steelers running the ball, and and they had a chance to win that game if it wasn't for some very bad clock management, honestly, and a couple of bad, um, couple of bad just mismanagement of the game. They they played Pittsburgh really well, so I mean they should beat up on Dallas. Um, but it's just, you just don't know. Cause you don't know the quarterback's going to be back. So, so we got him picking this week. So um, I got the Niners in Cleveland and you got green Bay and the giants. So this should be, and I won't forget my under it's the, it's the, yeah, the, the giants covering 10 and a half against Seattle. Oh yeah. Giants. Co- I got you. I got you. Giants. Yeah, I, got, I, I can't remember. I can't forget this. I, I got to write, write down in my little notebook here. Um, mm-hmm. And then um, you're also, you're also a bold prediction is that um, Josh Allen's going to have four touchdowns. He counts for four so, touchdowns, whether it's with the legs or with that golden arm. You just yep, watch. Yep. Up, so four touchdowns. Or four turn- bets, like, Mitchell Trubisky's game against the Lions. Oh man. We're not going to touch that one. You know, the great thing is I'm doing hockey PA announcing on Sunday. So it gives me an excuse not having to watch the bears. And and I felt like I'm kind of doing like a little silent protest that I feel like I don't want to give them any more of my time until they decide to make some serious changes within that organization. So it's probably good that, you know, the hockey season has started college, uh, college hockey started for me. Yeah. Yeah. They're dying. They're dying a slow death out there in Chicago. Maybe some changes will will help them out. So good week, good games this week. I can't wait to um, get after them and see what's going on. All right, I'll talk to you next week, man. Have a great weekend. All right, man. Go get them. See them. It's not a game. It's a red stick.